Kane one-handed touch keeps it alive for Boucher. Now Kane right face off dot shoots and scores. Evander Kane powers home his second goal of the night and the Oilers continue to pour it on. You know, the matchup in the playoffs between the Oilers and the Kings, people often refer to the miracle on Manchester. Forget about it. How about the route at Rogers Place? The series is tied 1-1. Evander Kane scores twice. Your final, Edmonton Oilers 6, Los Angeles Kings nothing. By the way, Mike Smith is fine. 30 saves for his fifth postseason shutout. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on 630 Chat along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Even before I bring Rob onto the show, I want to flash back to Monday night Overtime Open Line. One of our regular and most entertaining callers, JP, made this prediction about Game 2. Wednesday night, I'm telling you right now, this is a bold prediction. 6 nothing. Oh, okay. okay. I'm writing that down, JP, in my book. You're Thank damn you right calling. you are. <laughs> and JP was damn right. He called it 6 nothing, Rob, as the Oilers just pulled away in this game. I might have to call JP and find out what the lotto numbers are for this weekend. Uh, the Oilers were the better team. Uh, very worthy uh, of the 6 nothing victory. They're better 5-on-5. Five five. Special teams, they continue to dominate. Got better goaltending, much more physical. They understood the importance of this game. They lose this game. The series isn't over, but it makes it very, very hard to come back going into L.A. down two. And they came out with a, a controlled aggression, physical, yet not putting themselves in trouble penalty-wise. And when there were penalties, their penalty kill just continues to impress. So uh, full marks for a great game. And then the, there was a lot of people who were talking about Mike Smith. All he did was rebound with a, with a shutout, with a perfect game, and teased the crowd a couple times by coming out and th throwing the puck all the way down the ice. It was an excellent effort by the Edmonton Oilers, and now the series is all tied up, and they get to go to L.A. Now the Oilers try to steal a game on L.A. ice to wrestle back home ice advantage. Uh, 48 hits by the Oilers tonight, 47 by the LA Kings. Every Oiler except for Brett Kulak was credited with a hit. Cassian got up to six. Archibald got up to five. McDavid with four. Dreisaitl credited with a hit tonight. Now these are just the stats. Of course you can find other hits and collisions uh, on the ice, Rob, but it's playoff hockey and, and you've talked about it a thousand times as have other gentlemen like you who have played at the highest level. If your stars get out there and hit, it's pretty hard for everybody else not to do it. Well, it is, and it's funny that two two of the biggest hits by Leon and Connor were about 15 feet from the Oilers' bench. So it's hard not to notice when your two superstars, the two best offensive players in the league, have got out of their comfort zone and throwing big hits. And uh, I, I know you just announced that the hits were close between the two teams, but the big hits were very much in favor of the Edmonton Oilers. Cassian was a wrecking ball. Archibald, every time he stepped on the ice, was looking to hit someone. Fogel, Yamamoto, Connor, Leon. It just goes down the list. And the LA Kings want to play a physical style of game. They want to slow the game down. They want to uh, take the fun out of it. Weren't able to do that because the Edmonton Oilers were initiating the physical contact. And I, I know as a an offensive player, when you start getting into other elements, when you start being physical, it just gives you juice and energy throughout your lineup and the energy that that can 
parlay into offensive opportunities. And the jump that the Oilers had tonight, a lot of it came from the physical play that each and every guy brought. That is our adjustment of the game for pro drain techs for peace of mind down the line. And Rob, I mentioned Archibald with five hits. I set the line before the game for River Creek Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it at four and a half. Dion took the over, so he wins the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card tonight as we set the line before every game and uh, give out the gift card after every game. Oh, I can also tell you this. The Japanese Village Goal Light is on. So go to 630Ched.com, print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. That is activated whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. 6 nothing is the final tonight. And Rob, the special teams battle in this series uh, has been incredibly lopsided. Two more power play goals for the Oilers they go two for four and uh, once again they kill off all four man disadvantages yeah it hasn't been much of a battle thus far and what you love about their power play uh, they've scored four goals now I believe in the in the, the playoffs and it's two from each unit yep and I don't think that's something that we've talked about over the last number of years uh, you'd get two goals from your second unit over the course of three months but the Oilers right now have the ability to throw different units out on the ice and feel comfortable. Uh, the Kane unit, uh, they scored twice in two games, and they've looked dangerous, had another, other opportunities. And the big thing for, for the Edmonton Oilers, a penalty-killing unit that at times this year really, really struggled, has been excellent. And not only are they killing penalties off, they're creating scoring chances. They scored a shorthanded goal today. The Edmonton Oilers relied on something that they have relied on a lot over the past strong goaltending and great specialty teams to win this game and then you also throw in they were the better team five on five it, there wasn't you cannot find fault in this game for the Edmonton Oilers they were that good six nothing is the final that's a six hundred dollar donation to 630 Chet Sanders Anonymous from James H. Brown and Associates unrivaled experience unrivaled commitment unrivaled results hundred dollars every time the Oilers score the playoff total is at 900. Okay, we're going to bring him on early because he nailed it. He is on the Certainty hotline. Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty, pro all the way. JP, you must have done something right to get on before we even go to Jay Woodcroft downstairs. But you nailed it, buddy. You call the 6 nothing win. How did you know? Great. I trust the liquor all the time. I trust the whiskey. I told you guys six nothing. I am so glad it happened. But you know what? I'll tell you right now, I'm doubling down. I'm doubling down. Four two. This Friday, you guys. Read wrong. What a win. I'm on a run right now. I'm gonna have a few whiskey to end the night. And then Friday I am going to fire up the engine and I can't wait for a nice four two victory and then I'm calling you again. I can't believe you for I you played it tonight and well good job for you, Reed Rob. Rob, I still need your autograph, but we have bigger fish to fry. We are getting to this to the Stanley Cup. And I'll tell you right now, Friday, four two. I'm on a run. I'm going to pour a drink. Thank you very much. Let's go. Well, that's pretty impressive. Now, I should say, Rob, I don't know if predicting one game correctly is on a run, but I'm, so that's the that's the down. But the plus side is he did correctly predict a lopsided. I mean, you know, predicting a, a three-two game in the playoffs, okay, probably, but six nothing. He, he put his coach out there, 
and uh, or he put it on his coach. We're going to go to coach right away. He put his neck out there and he and he nailed it. So congratulations. I, you know what? I think JP is the fourth star of the game <laughs> for a Sentinel store at Shop Canadian, Store Canadian. Head to Sentinel.ca. Well, if they win Friday 4-2, he's the first star of the game. If he keeps pre predicting these right, we're just going to have... Actually, you and I can just go home and let him run the show, but uh, the Oilers feeling good about themselves and, and the, the little blip that they had last game is gone and this is the other team that we saw over the last six seven weeks of the regular season and they got contributions up and down their lineup Archibald came in and gave the physical uh, element to the game the third and fourth lines were very good uh, and, and another thing that it's probably a little bit overlooked in a six nothing win it was the goal that Pugliarvi scored yeah because that is a, an important goal for a young goal scorer who's struggled to find the back of the net and don't think that Connor McDavid didn't understand that that was Jesse Pugliarvi that he was given a backdoor uh, tap into. He understood the importance of having a line meet on his first line who was struggling to score, have an opportunity to get off the snide, and he did look for him to go on a bit of a run now. Series is 1-1. Oilers win 6-zip. Here's head coach Jay Woodcroft. All four lines, all of your guys. Was it a priority for you to just get everybody in that thing early in this one? And yeah, I thought uh, you know we uh, played a strong first period. Had two big penalty kills. I thought that uh, settled everything down for us. We had good scoring chances. We didn't convert, but we stuck with it. And um, the second period was a breakout period for us, and it was led by our leaders who went out and scored a huge power play goal and kind of broke the ice for us. And uh, it was a strong game. Um, Twenty players deep in our lineup tonight. The the power play obviously is really effective. So to his penalty kill. I know you pride yourselves on a good five-on-five -five game, but when you can win the special teams battle like this, uh, how huge is that? I think it's really big. Uh, like I said, I thought those two um, penalty kills in the first period really set us up. Obviously, we scored a shorthanded goal, which is a huge thing uh, to create momentum. Uh, power play's been good. Um, you know, it's uh, it was a factor in our team winning the game tonight for sure. I thought the physicality of your team was up a notch from game one. How much of a point of emphasis was that, especially in the fourth check? That's a young Kings blue line core. And your leaders uh, leading the way with Connor McDavid, Dreisaitl finishing their checks. Yeah, um, I think it's important. I think um, I thought there was a fit physical investment uh, to that game tonight. I also think it's a function of how we have to come through the neutral zone versus their structure. Um, that if we want to have success, you're putting pucks in places where it invites physical contact. And uh, we did a good job of establishing ourselves on that forecheck. And, um, you know, I think I look at the stat sheet, Zach Cassian, someone who doesn't probably get talked about enough here in this room, uh, somebody who uh, finished with six six finished checks and of uh, big variety, was a menace out there for the other team to handle. I thought Josh Archibald, who was introduced to the lineup tonight, finished with five finished checks. Um, and then when you see your leaders getting physical, guys like Leon, Connor, Nuge finishing checks, I think it uh, it's contagious and um, I think it pays off over the long, long haul uh 
Jay, you, you've talked about how much the crowd and the fans mean to you and to uh, you know this team. Do you get a sense tonight of, of what a win actually does and, and how much the people appreciate it here? Yeah. Um, I think we have the best fans in the National Hockey League, um, the most passionate, the most knowledgeable, and um, our team feels everybody's support. I think it drives us forward, pushes us um, forward, and uh, for us, um, I said this when we took, uh, when Dave and I came up from Bakersfield, that we wanted to make this community proud of this team. We want to embody the values of this community and and uh, uh, it's a credit to the players because they're working their their tails off this you know, people have gone through a lot the last couple of years and the, you know the franchise has as well it's the first time that fans have been able to see a win here in the playoffs in five years you were here for that mm -hmm. um, does this kind of conjure up some memories to a few yeah yeah, and I think uh, I've been on the other side of it in a playoff series uh, as well and saw how, um, you know, the fans spur the, the team on. And uh, certainly I can tell you that everyone hears it in the, in the dressing room. Um, but I'm going to go back to uh, what I said the other night is, is that we're going to return to our baseline. We realized this was a very good hockey game for our team. There's lots to build on. Um, but we are coming back uh, to our baseline. We're going to um, refocus, re-energize, replenish ourselves, and uh, be prepared for game number three in Los Angeles. Um, before this game really got out of hand, um, Derek Ryan made a couple of really key uh, plays on the penalty kill. Can you kind of point those out, I guess, and also talk about how you know important he is to that special team. I think for Derek, it starts in the face-off circle. I think last game he was 6-1. and one. Today he was 63% in the face-off circle. Uh, he blocked shots. Uh, he made a lot of really good reads on the penalty kill when there were breakdowns. Uh, he's an unsung hero uh, for our team. And I think um, the playoffs is when, when you see those uh, in every little play gets magnified. And uh, he makes a lot of really good ones. And, and last one for me. He said the other day that um, even, you know, when you, a few games after you could come on, you had to scratch him for a couple games. And he was complimentary of the way that you communicated with him. Can you maybe enlighten us to what that conversation was about or how you could kind of articulated his role on the team and his importance to the team? Even? Yeah, I think uh, that happened kind of post-trade deadline. Uh, we, we started to get healthy as a unit of forwards and uh, I just wanted to give people fair opportunities. And unfortunately, that meant that uh, some really good players couldn't play in that game. And I just think, uh, you know, to pre-inform, I, I believe in that. I believe in uh, not letting somebody walk into the rink and seeing their number outside of uh, a lineup. So it's just uh, a courtesy and uh, respect that our coaching staff paid to a, a team first individual in Derek Ryan. Jay, you, you've talked, you know, certain players, it's not all about production, but every guy wants a score. Maybe talk about the importance of a goal for Yessa Pugliarvi, who's maybe been fighting it, and just how sometimes one play like that can really, you know, give a guy a huge boost of confidence. Yeah, I think he uh, he had a good game tonight, a full 200-foot game. I, I, I'm happy for him that he scored that, that goal and finished off that great feed from Connor um, for his own personal confidence, but I thought he played a really good game. I thought that line was dangerous every time they were on the ice. And um, 
for him, I think what happens, what happened a few days ago is that the new season started and he should feel good about his game. He has the confidence of his teammates and he's got the confidence of his coaching staff. Yeah, you weren't, I'm sure you were ready for Mike Smith to bounce back after the mistake he owned. He was very strong tonight, in your opinion? Yeah, another one of our unsung heroes that, um, you know, uh, is a true pro. Um, yeah, I thought he made some really good saves in game number one as well. Uh, it's an unfortunate um, puck handle. But uh, like I said, I keep coming back to this. Uh, when that game was played, um, you know, we moved on to preparing for game number two, and he led the way in his preparation. And I thought he went out and executed tonight. Uh, the team had a good night. But again, I'm going back to it. Uh, tonight was one game, and uh, our focus and concentration is going to be on um, getting ready for game number three. And you only played Leon 15 minutes and Connor about 16. Is that a perfect recipe? You didn't have to overwork your your big guns tonight because it's so four had four lines going, so you didn't have to overplay them. Yeah, it's a factor of the just the way the the game was being played. Um, I thought they both had good games. Leon scored the game-winning goal when it when the game was in the balance and you talk about a heck of a shot holy cow that was uh, he threaded that through the eye of a needle and um, it was huge for our team so uh, the way the game played out that's the way the minutes got distributed today and Jay you talked earlier about Zach Cass and uh, there's a few situations that you talk about your dumping and how they're playing where he just made a real soft chip into an area and that's really seemed for, allow you guys to, I think, maybe be more physical on their defense. Was, was that part of the message today, to, to make smarter chips at times, to, to put it in an area where their defense had to go get it rather than just, you know, you try to force your way through the neutral zone? Yeah, I think um, the, that team plays a certain brand of hockey. They make it hard. They want to put up roadblocks for you. And uh, you got to navigate your way through. And part of navigating your way through is placing the puck properly. Um, and when we do, we're, it gives ourselves a chance. It gives ourselves a chance to be physical. That's their identity. Um, we want to play towards our identity. And uh, at the same time, understand that you sometimes have to just take what's given and um, try and make a good play. Jay, you uh, talked about getting back to the baseline. Is it different getting back to that baseline after a big win or after a loss? I think it's, you know, we've been pretty consistent in our messaging for the last two and a half months. We, you know, you win a game, we're going to enjoy it for about 20 minutes or so after the game. Then uh, our efforts and concentrations move on to um, the next game to be played. Now, in a playoff series, it's different because you keep seeing the same team. So it comes down to small adjustments here and there. But uh, we're going to enjoy this probably for another 10 minutes or so and then uh, start preparing for game number three. One last one for me. You talked about the identity. What does a game like this say about your team's identity? I think when we're simple, straightforward, direct, when we play with speed and simplicity, and we have a pace and purpose about us, I think we're a tough team to handle. Thanks, guys. That is Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft speaking after his team's 6-0 victory over the LA Kings in game two. Going to LA now for games three and four Friday and Sunday and there will be a game five 
on May 10th here at Rogers Place. Okay, more with Rob Brown and, of course, more of your calls on the Certainty Hotline as we move along. We're live in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Behind the Oiler net, centered in a quick tap. Repelled by Smith with a right pad. He denies Adrian Kempe. Mike Smith, shutout. That's his save of the game for Reface Magic. Save money on your kitchen renovation. Don't replace Reface. 30 saves for Smith. 6 nothing. The Oilers win it over the Kings to even up the series. Scoreless after the first. Dreisaitl, Nurse, and McLeod in the second period. Kane, Pugliarvi, and then Kane again in the third. Rob, I gotta say, Evander's Kane first goal. That is a, a <laughs> bounce goal. He's, he's nudging the puck forward to keep it alive. It flips up in the air, and Jersey tries to bat it to the corner, and he ticks it just enough that he fools his own goaltender, and it goes in. That's when everything's going yeah. right for you, and it was tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. You get those breaks. I mean, Jonathan Quick's in there, had an unbelievable game last game, and he's sitting there in his own goal. His own defenseman fires it past him. Uh, but Evander Kane forced that by getting on his horse and, and chasing down a defenseman and forcing him to make a play. Uh, if Evander Kane just would have backed off and allowed him to come out, it doesn't happen. So uh, good things happen when you put the effort in, and that was just Evander Kane forcing a mistake. Okay, we'll go to the Certainty Hotline, 780-496-0063. We have Ryan standing by. Ryan, go ahead. Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. Um, I just, I guess I'm looking back a little bit, and I I see a team that's gone through a lot of adversity, 12-game losing streak, 16-game losing streak, mid-season coaching change, and uh, goaltending that couldn't stop COVID with a vaccine, like, yeah, I, I, I look at a team that we have right now, and to win a game 6 nothing. as J, showed up to JP, that was a crazy call, 6 nothing. But after that last game, I wasn't sure I believed this. And this team believed it. And to see the physical play from the Stars and to see Mike Smith making the saves that he made, I... I I think we're cooking with something here. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I wonder what you guys think of the year that has led up to this with a bit of a longer view. Well, this is a team that believes in itself uh, and has for quite a while. Uh, they, there's a quiet confidence in that group. In that room. Uh, they are led by their, their leaders, but they've also got some swagger. And, and you know, with a, a Mike Smith in net, and Evander Kane, those are confident men that play with swagger. And I think that's one thing that the Oilers have, uh, have missed because the leaders they have, the Leons, the Connors, the Nugent Hopkins, quiet leaders. So they had that kind of leadership, but now they got this swagger and it just makes everyone play a little bit taller and play with a little bit more energy. And this team has got, uh, they got strength up front. They've, they've made the additions that they needed in physical players that can play playoffs, kind of like, uh, like a Kane and a Hyman. They got good goaltending right now. Um, now, this is just one game, and it's just the opening series. But this is a team that doesn't believe that they're just a, uh, let's, get, let's win this series. This, this is their goal. Their team, this team believes they can win the Stanley Cup. And the long road ahead of them, but they're, they're, over the last while since Jay Woodcroft has come in and coached them, they've beat all the top teams in the National Hockey League. There's a reason they're confident. So 
Uh, this series isn't over, but this team believes that they're going to get through this series and they're going to move on to the next one. Want to check the other games here on the Edmonton Trailers scoreboard. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Toronto losing tonight 5-3 to the Lightning. That series is 1-1. Minnesota beats up St. Louis 6-2. That series is 1-1. Hurricanes over Boston 5-2. That series is 2-0 for Carolina. The Oilers farm team with another dramatic victory. They won in overtime last night after they tied it in the final minute. Today, Cooper Marodi scores with a minute 22 left in the third period. So the Condors beat the Abbotsford Canucks 3-2. They uh, sweep the best of three series 2-0. So they are moving on. And of course, right here at Rogers Place, 6-0. Edmonton over the Los Angeles Kings. The Oilers snap a seven-game playoff losing streak. Mike Smith snaps a personal 10-game playoff losing streak going back to when he played for the... Uh, Calgary Flames in 2019. Go back to the Certainty Hotline. We have Terrence standing by. Hey, Terrence, go ahead. Hey, guys. How's it going tonight? Pretty good. Right on. Uh, I just want to bring up a couple quick things. Uh, first of all, well, I'm a first, long-time listener, first-time caller. Love you guys very much. Um, shout out to Bob and Jack, too. Love them guys, too. Um, Amazing game tonight. I just want to bring up how I think that, like, our young legs, they kind of, like, showed tonight and the well, last couple of games, really. If they could, I think if they could just bring that energy, I think we'll be just fine. I mean, they're young, so kind of exposing their older age, I think, on the other side. So I um, just want to bring up that. And then, uh, honestly, Evander uh, came, I mean... I'm not real worried about him coming back next year. I think he's going to be back next year. I think he's a top priority, and, uh, you know, whatever McDavid wants is what McDavid gets. So um, I'm not real worried about that. But uh, anyways, uh, that's all I really wanted to say tonight. Thanks, Terrence. Well, it's funny. There are some older legs on the L.A. side, but they do have a lot of a lot of inexperience because I think what was it seven or eight players playing in their first National Hockey League playoff game uh, the Oilers just uh, one race is one battles and uh, tonight and they deserve the victory as for Evander Kane uh, that's never going to be a done deal until it's a done deal there will be a lot of suitors looking for Evander Kane at the end of the season if he continues to do what we've seen him do since he's become an Edmonton Oiler yeah Evander Kane the first start tonight two goals and an assist Plus three, plays 18-51, four hits, three shots on goal. Pretty good performance by Kane. Uh, you heard Woodcroft asked about the ice time. McDavid plays 16-52. Dreisaitl plays 15-10. Just a couple of Oilers under 10 minutes tonight. Fogel, 9-42. Cassian, who got an assist, and like you said, Rob had six hits. He plays 18-41. So a pretty balanced effort by the Oilers tonight. And also, uh, Woodcroft was asked about Derek Ryan, who was on the PK, and he went 5 for 8 in the face-off circle. Yeah, a very important player. We we know that over the course of the last number of years, if you follow playoff hockey, there's unheralded players that come up big at big moments. Uh, the superstars get the glory in the regular season, but when it comes to playoff time, everybody just puts their work boots on, and everybody has a job and a role to fill. And the teams that have success, the teams that win Stanley Cups, their role players fulfill their roles to to perfection and Derek Ryan's a perfect example who found second life with a new coaching staff 
He's got a defined role as a penalty killer and a guy that takes big face-offs on the right side. He won a number of those tonight. Uh, and then when he got his opportunity to play third-line minutes with Ryan Nugent Hopkins, has he, he's excelled at it. So uh, the Oilers are not going to win playing just their star players. And we've seen that the last two playoff runs the Oilers have been on. They needed better depth. They needed leadership. They needed veteran savvy. And Derek Ryan was one of the players they went out to get. And he has been everything that they've wanted and needed. You're going to hear from Derek Ryan post-game as we move along tonight. We also have Bradley and Sir Robert up next on the phone line. Going to call a quick timeout. I'm live in Studio 99. Oilers win at 6-0 over the Kings. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Chipped in. What a play! Evander Kane on a stretch pass down the middle. Kane chipped it up, and then a midair swipe sent it into the back of the net for a 4-0 lead. Yeah, that was the weird bounce goal Rob and I were talking about. It made it 4-0 early in the third period. Yes, he Pugliarvi scored 21 seconds later, and it was really over at that point as the Oilers crushed the Los Angeles Kings 6 nothing tonight at Rogers Place. Uh, Kane scored a power play goal later on. So the Oilers had three special teams goals tonight, Rob. Uh, Drysaddle, uh, again, Drysaddle with the one-timer. I mean, Rob, I watched the replay, and it looked like Quick was over there. <laughs> well, it was over, he was over there, and it's funny. The puck was past him before he knew it. And you could just see the look on his face. is like, okay, seriously, I read the play. I'm square to the shooter. There's very little room. And that's when it, we, we see a lot of times when Leon scores his one-timer shot. It's simply he gets it off so quickly that it beats the goaltender over there. And he never really picks a spot. It's always he hits the open net. But on that one there, the goaltender quick was there. And he had to pick a spot. And he went upstairs, and we rarely see him go under the bar simply because it's a harder shot, and you tend to miss the net when you do. But uh, he was feeling it, and it was an absolute bomb. And it just, the, the arena exploded, and there was just a deflate. On, on the Kings bench because they had their two opportunities on the power play and they knew that there was going to be a call coming against them and they had to try they had to somehow get through that and without giving up the goal but they were unable and on that play too they had a chance to get the puck out and they didn't and as we've seen time and time again if you do not get the puck down and you give Leon and Connor an extra opportunity they're going to make you pay and Leon did all right, we'll go back to the certainty dot line seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Bradley standing by. Hey, Bradley, go ahead. Yeah, no, I just want to talk about uh, two players here. I think uh, Duncan Keith, for one, as old as he is, gold medalist. He he played one hell of a game. Um, obviously, Bouchard had a little bit more minutes than him, but he was right behind. Uh, thought he was a stud tonight. Then Brett Kulak, game one, game two. I think game one, he didn't deserve as much recognition as uh, he did. Obviously, Oilers fell, but that's okay. I think Brett Kulak going forward is going to step up huge and be a big D-man going forward. Well, I think Kulak's been a great addition. It's, it's given the Edmonton Oilers seven NHL veterans that they can put into the lineup and feel comfortable. 
I think we've seen the, the kids come up from the minors and have shown well, but there's a consistency issue. And when you get to the playoffs, uh, with the intensity and the emotion getting ramped up, sometimes younger players uh, get swallowed up in that. So I think that the Edmonton Oilers wanted to have a, a safety net in going out and getting another veteran defenseman, someone that is not going to be overwhelmed in, a, in an important situation. And Kulak has been very good since he's come to the Oilers, and he's been very good in the playoffs. He's a, he's a big part of this Oilers team going forward. Well, so Sir Robert standing by. Sir Robert, good to hear from you. You must be thrilled tonight. Yeah, yeah, for sure, boys. How you guys doing? Doing well. Well, I mean, uh, I want to say this. I love the way I love the way that uh, uh, Jay Woodcroft uh, used all the players tonight. I looked. Uh, I looked at the stats. Keith and Bouchard were the only guys that played over 20 minutes. So I love how. Love how Woodcroft rolled the lines. Obviously, it's easier to do. You're playing with the lead, but it was still good. But the one, uh, but the, and obviously Smith, hell of a game, great bounce back. I mean, Smith is uh, Smith is usually good for that. But the one player that I feel, I mean, he didn't score, but the one player that I think tonight stood out to me was uh, Josh Archibald. I loved the, uh, I honestly love the, uh, I guess the energy he brought. I mean, I think he had, I think he had four or five hits. I mean, he was just, uh, like, he was all around it. He was in there. It was nice to see. And obviously, I mean, that's, uh, I was saying, saying with the people that I was watching the game with, saying that, you know, the Oilers score first, the building's going to go nuts. The Kings will never recover. And that's exactly what happened. So it was nice to see. Well, you know, you raise an interesting point about Archibald. And Rob, you know, Ken Holland, he's the general manager of a team and a passionate hockey market so you know he takes his share of criticism but last year we talked a lot about one of the best moves Ken Holland didn't make was trading Jesse Pugliarvi and, and as you know Rob I still find Jesse to be a bit of a frustrating player but he, he had a pretty good game tonight and he scored a nice goal finished a play and and you know Bob has touched on this too a, a lot of teams or a lot of GMs might have just said to Archibald Okay, you know, you're not going to be able to travel. We don't know when we're going to get you back. You're on LTIR, and you're out for the year. And then we're probably going to walk away from you in the offseason. I'm not saying every team would have done it, but I, if I were the GM, I'd have, I quite frankly might have attempted to do that just to say, okay, we can't sit around and wait for you to be ready. But they, they treated him like, hey, you're still part of the team. You, you, you work out. You come back. He's talked about doing simulated games when the team was on the road. And then he comes in and he has an impact tonight in the biggest game of the year to this point. Well, we, you and I have talked about it over the last, well, I guess most of last year, that Archibald understood his role better than any other player on the team and, and, and played to his strengths. And when he played, he was physical and he brought energy. And that is something at times that the Oilers have missed. When you add him to the lineup, you're adding like a nuclear bomb that goes out there and everyone on the other team has to know that he's out there. They're looking over their shoulder because he's he's fast. So he gets in on you quickly and he hits like a bull. So he's noticeable when he plays. And yet Ken Holland has got a resume that any other general manager that has ever been in the NHL would love to have. And there's a reason he's had success is he understands the game. He understands 
players' strengths and weaknesses. He he knows the way to run a salary cap. He knows a way to keep players involved, and he knows when to make a trade and when not to. And some of his moves that he didn't do, that everyone were clamoring for, have turned out and, and paid off for the Edmonton Oilers. And we talk about a Yessi, we talk about an Archibald, and Archibald was good tonight. And the fact that he is now allowed to travel allows the coaching staff to put him in the lineup knowing it's not a one and done and i think that was important for the, this team if he was only going to play here and then not be able to go to play in la you don't put him in the in the lineup but now that he's allowed to go it, it just opens up different doors for jay woodcraft and uh, and the coaching staff six nothing the oilers win game two more of your calls in a minute here but let's go to the hall of fame room darnell nurse and evander kane darnell i, I guess we'll start with Pretty, pretty solid effort uh, overall. Can you just talk? It really seemed that your shorthanded goal really energized the group, and from then on, it was, you guys really controlled the game. Yeah, I think um, we were patient. You know, we didn't try to force anything. We, we kind of just, you know, waited for opportunities to open up, and, you know, when, when they came, uh, we made the, most of, made the most of them. So uh, it's going to be important to, to play that same way because that was a good, a good team that we're playing over there in L.A. that, uh, you know, plays hard each and every night and doesn't give up much. So when those opportunities arise, um, we got to try to make the most of them. Evander, what do you think was the key for your success as a group tonight, five on five? What did you guys do better tonight that you didn't do in game one? Well, I thought we, we stuck with it uh, early on. You know, I thought they had a push early in that first period. And... Um, we did a good job and a better job uh, tonight of getting pucks behind their D and creating chaos at their net. And, uh, you know, you look at a lot of our goals. We were obviously great in special teams, but, uh, you know, we had a big tip by Clowder there to, to make it 3 nothing, And, um, you know, that really uh, gave us some momentum 5-on-5. Five five. Evander, can you talk about the special teams? Obviously, in the first two games, it's been a deciding edge for the Oilers. You've killed all the penalties and you're very good on the power play. You talk about how successful that's been and why it has. Yeah, it seems that uh, special teams in these first couple games throughout the league have been uh, very important. So, uh, you know, the other night we won the special teams battle, lost the game. That that doesn't happen very often. Uh, tonight we, we did a great job again, and that's going to have to be uh, continued throughout the rest of our journey here. And Darnell, can you talk to the physical game that the whole team played? Connor was hitting people. Leon was hitting people. Everybody was was on board tonight. Yeah, throughout our lineup, you know, um, there's a lot of juice too, and guys were getting on the body. You know, the crowd was really getting into it too. It uh, as a team, we we fed off that, and we want to play hard. And that's uh, not just a few guys. That's the whole the whole team, and it showed tonight. Evander, on that same note, um, you know. Like Jay Woodcroft has talked about how when, you know, McDavid or Dreisaitl back check hard and come back deep, it's hard for other players not to do that. It kind of drags everybody into it. When you see Connor throw a hit like he threw or Dreisaitl, how much did that help the group just to all be in that fight that way? Yeah, I, I think uh, it's so important, especially this time of year, to have that team toughness, uh, no matter who you are, whether you're Yamo's size or your Nurse's size. So, uh you know, when you see Davo uh, getting physical and, and working, you know, it just shows the, the competitiveness he has and, and that battle level. And, you know, you need that in the playoffs, and, and that's important for, for both those guys to, to show that, and they've done a great job so far. Jay Woodcroft has asked you guys, Darnell, to stay in the moment, not to think too far ahead or back. I wonder, after losing that first game, you know, maybe there's potential for some old demons to creep in. Do you think your group did a good job of not letting that happen, and, and how much does that messaging help? Yeah, I think we stay calm. 
you know, believed in believed in our structure, believed in the way we could play. With that said, it's one game. There's a lot of hockey still left to be played in this series. Um, but uh, it's you know a game that we can build off of, a game that we can uh, look back and, and see some of the positives, uh, you know, within our structure, within the way we played. But like I said, now we, uh, you know, we we get to LA and we reset and get ready for the next one. Uh, Darnell, Connor McDavid or Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who had the better hit there in the second period? It's a tie. I'm never going to pick between my teammates. Um, you know, some of it is because of the pandemic, but it has been five years since you guys won in this building in the playoffs in front of fans like this. Can you can you kind of imagine or can you see what these people are kind of going through and, and getting this experience with you guys? Sorry, that's for you, Darnell. Oh. Yeah, no, I, I mean, this is a, an electric building around this time of the year. And uh, it's like I said, as, as players, you feed off the energy that they bring. And, um, you know, for us, we want to be playing as long as possible to enjoy this as long as possible. So um, it's it's a lot of fun to have the fans uh, not only in the rink, but, you know, after games and, and, and celebrating. And like I said it gives, uh, gives a lot of life to the group. And well, Evander, uh, I know you're getting some time on the penalty kill. Early in the game, there were a couple of key kind of stick checks and deflections by Derek Ryan can you talk about maybe the work that he's done on the penalty kill to help you guys out this season yeah he's uh he's a great uh great player for us uh you know he does a lot of good things uh has an offensive touch and um obviously does some great work on the penalty kill and I thought uh you know our penalty kill has obviously been uh really good these first few games and, and that's gonna have to continue Darnell did you notice that the group as a group were you guys able to kind of deal with the emotion of having the crowd and excitement after you know going through it in game one was there kind of maybe more of a sense of calm I suppose in this game compared to the first game did you sense that at all or yeah absolutely especially early in the game I think we kind of you know we weren't trying to force too much we tried to just settle in and play and that's going to be important now we go into LA and and, into you know an opposing team's building where it won't be as friendly as this year so uh, it's a different type of challenge and um, you know for us we got to take some of those lessons from today of just staying calm we've been talking about staying even keel all season and this is uh, another one of those steps we got Evander, your second unit on the power play that's back-to-back games with goals uh, can you talk about what what's worked on that unit so well and and obviously you guys are starting to earn more ice time because of it yeah i mean we know uh Dave's unit uh, is going to get the majority of the time, and as a, as a second group, we have to be ready to uh, to strike quick when we get ours. And you know, I think we've done a great job of that ever since I've gotten here. Anyways, um, you know, Clatter and uh, and Yamo had a big goal uh, last game, and, and and just staying sharp and contributing. You know, we got 30 seconds to do our thing, and so far we're doing a good job. Question for either of you, gentlemen. Um, a lot has been made about the identity of this team. What does a game like tonight say about your identity? Uh, you know, I think it's something we've been working on. We want to, you know, a big thing is just stay composed and stay within our structure and not try to force things. Um, and tonight was an example of that. Obviously, in the first, like Evander said earlier, you know, they had a, they had a good push coming out. And, um, you know, we, we stayed even keel. We just stuck to our game, stuck to our game. And when the opportunities... Um, arose we, we were able to make the most of it so as an identity as a group we want to stay uh, even keel we want to be on our game and not uh, wave away from it for a full 60 and it was it was good tonight but a lot uh, a lot more games to be played evander a lot was made after game one about mike smith um just give us your thoughts on his bounce back performance tonight pitching a shutout yeah i i mean uh smitty was obviously great tonight uh you know he was uh really sharp for us early on especially on those those penalty kills and 
um, did a great job. Uh, you know, personally, I really didn't expect anything less from him. Uh, he's just so mentally tough and, uh, you know, played a great game the other night. Their mistake was made. It happens all the time and uh, had a great performance and, and we got a lot of confidence in him as a group. That is Sternell Nurse, shorthanded goal tonight. Evander Kane, two goals tonight as the Oilers ring up the Los Angeles Kings. Six, nothing. Andrew is next on the Certainty Hotline. You'll also hear some post-game comments from Mike Smith and Derek Ryan, along with Rob Brown. I'm and Quick was able to keep it out. Drysaddle recovers the rebound to Barry, and now left circle, Nugent Hopkins. Barry high slot, one-timer, Drysaddle scores! And Edmonton breaks through to take its first lead of the series. Leon Dreisaitl, two goals in the playoffs. That was a power play goal. The Oilers are plus five on special teams in this series. 6-0 the final tonight over the Los Angeles Kings. Mike Smith, fifth career playoff shutout. He made 30 saves. Uh, Jonathan Quick also made 30 saves, but the Oilers had 36 shots. Rob, what do you think of Brendan Lemieux? <laughs> um, that's Claude's kid, isn't it? Yes. So I think of him as the same as I thought of Claude. <laughs> I never really cared for him. Um, he, he's a pest. Um, yeah, he's he's best to be left alone. I don't think he'll be... I, I think if you ignore him, he's not a factor. If you engage him, he can become a factor. Um, he... I know that he and Zach Cassian had a very long, long animated conversation as they are both on their own benches. Uh, last game he scored a goal, which was an important goal for the, the Kings, but he only played two and a half minutes. So he's not a guy that's getting ice time. Uh, you do not want to leave the ice by getting into a fight with him or taking tens with him because the Oilers will lose that bat or that trade-off every time because Lemieux is not a big factor for that team. So... Uh, ignore him, and he ignore him, he goes away. We'll go back to the Certainty Hotline. Andrew calling in tonight. Hey, Andrew, go ahead. Hey, guys. I uh, just wanted to comment on the goaltending tonight there out of Mike Smith. I uh, thought he had a really good bounce back game tonight and stayed in his uh, in his crease a little bit more rather than uh, game one there. But, uh, you know, one mistake in game one and uh, none tonight and got us the 1-1 one, one, uh, one, one tie in the series here. Yeah, no, Mike Smith was very good. And I. it's funny, the, none of the players seemed too concerned. The coaching staff certainly weren't concerned because they threw him back in there. And Mike Smith said last game, I made a mistake, shouldn't have done that, and I'll be better next game. So uh, he, he's been excellent. He's been excellent for, for quite a while here. As the Oilers closed the regular season, he won the starter's job back. He's given them two quality starts just with one bad pass. Uh, the Oilers needed a, a strong start from him again tonight. He had, they had to kill off two penalties. And Mike Smith was very good on those two penalty kills. And he gave the Edmonton Oilers the kind of start that they needed. And they're going to need one of those again in L.A. The L.A. is going to be better when they get home. And Mike Smith's going to have to have another good game to give the Edmonton Oilers a chance to win the hockey. Yeah, the Oilers won both games in L.A. in the regular season. I know that means nothing now. Uh, L.A. was a better road team than home team in the regular season but again doesn't mean a whole lot but just for a little bit of perspective as we move along uh, in this one uh, Kyler Yamamoto close again in the second about 12 and a half minutes left Rob he had that one 
right through the crease. <laughs> yeah, we talked about Yamamoto on the on the uh, faceoff show. He didn't get a point tonight, but uh, again, I think he's playing well. He played 17:24. Little bit of power, uh, a little bit of penalty kill time, I should say. A couple minutes on the power play. And, you know, he's credited. I keep going back to that hit stat. He's credited with four hits tonight. You know, I, I, Bob and I were talking about him before the game, and, and Bob said he plays with a chip on his shoulder, and I said he plays hungry. You know, he never he never looked. I know the production hasn't always been there, but you don't you never look at Yamamoto and say, ah, he kind of played satisfied. You know, kind of played like he had a couple good games in a row, and now maybe he's not as fired up. No, I agree. And he, when he's physical, it, it bothers the other team. It honestly do, does. When you're playing and someone on the other team, a big, strong guy comes down and hits you, well, you expect that. And you accept that. But when a guy on the other team who's smaller in stature comes out and runs you and eliminates you or, or, or knocks you over, it, it makes you mad. Because he's not supposed to. That's a small skill player. He's not supposed to knock me over. He's not supposed to finish his checks. And that's why he frustrates players on the other team. And he's got that, you know, pest kind of attitude. And when he hits, he, he goes through players. He just he doesn't just bump them or ride them off. He tries to go through them. And he plays with edge. And you'll, you, most player, players that have smaller in stature, skilled players that you played in the National Hockey League, and you think of Theo Fleury, or Marty St. Louis, they played with a chip on their shoulder. They played with edge because they had to. They had to create space for themselves. If they were a, played a soft game or a perimeter game at that size, they'd get abused, and they wouldn't get the opportunity to put the puck in the net because they would be kept to the outside. Players would take advantage of them. They'd be more physical on them. They'd give them cheap shots. But if you're initiating, like St. Louis did, like Fleury did, and like Yamamoto's doing, it, it creates space for you. And he's had to do it his whole career, so it was no surprise that he's doing it in the National Hockey League. And the one that he missed tonight that went through the open net, it just came off at the wrong angle, and he got hit just as he was trying to pull it into a better shooting angle. And then he was just unfortunate. When you throw something across the goal line like that, normally it hits something and goes in the net. He was just very unfortunate that one didn't go in for him. All right, 6-0. The Oilers win it over the Kings. You're going to hear from Mike Smith and Derek Ryan. Brunstrom behind the Oiler net. Centered in a quick tap. Repelled by Smith with a right pad. He denies Adrian Kempe. Well, good morning, Mike Smith. The shutout, 6-0. The Oilers take it over the Los Angeles Kings. Mike Smith and Derek Ryan. Derek, I'll, uh, I'll start with you. Maybe just a thought on uh, on Mike's performance tonight, given uh, all of the chatter coming out of game one, and then he, he does that tonight. Yeah, I mean, it's a fresh new game. Uh, we have all the confidence in the world in Smitty, and he had a bounce-back game like like no other. So um, I expect nothing else. He's a great competitor, and, and he was leading the troops tonight. It was fun to watch. Mike, maybe just a thought on, on your night, how you felt in there, and it just seemed like you, know, you were, were calm as always. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I didn't really feel too bad in game one. I made one bad play, and it cost us a game. So I think I just carried the same kind of mindset into uh, into tonight and obviously wanted to put in a good showing, especially after, you know, you feel like you're maybe the cause of a loss. So I think a bounce back is always important, and, uh, and obviously tonight the team played... Uh, more up to the capabilities how we're we're able to play and we got uh, rewarded because of it 
Just a, a thought, if you can, Mike, on the physicality that your team seemed to bring tonight. I mean, from McDavid right through the whole group almost. What is it, what it means when Connor does something like that? Yeah, I mean, when your leader goes out and he's banging bodies, I think it's it's easy for everyone else to do it too. So I think it's playoff hockey. You want to, you wanna, you know, get touches on guys as much as you can when they're going back for pucks. And it pays dividends in a, in a long series. So I think we did a good job of that tonight with the physicality. It started in the first period and carried throughout the game. And... Um, got a big win. Mike, I know you're trying to stay in the moment as best you can, but when you see kind of what's going on outside, and it's, it's been five years since fans have been able to experience a playoff win here because of what's going on in the world, can you kind of uh, understand kind of maybe what they're, they're realizing out there? I mean, unbelievable. Obviously, you feel the energy around the city. Everyone's got oil jerseys on and hats, and um, you can't help but kind of get excited about coming to the rink and, and playing hockey with uh, this loyal fan base that we have here. So obviously, you know, you see the people outside right now. It's uh, it's an exciting place to, to be an oiler right now. And um, obviously it's a long series. There's a lot of work left to do, tied the series, but uh, it's going to be some hard work going into L.A. Derek, when you signed here, it was kind of, a, you said it was stressful on a free agency going into it, and you got to a, kind of a homecoming and it, as a former Golden Bear. Is this everything that you kind of thought it could be after kind of maybe an up-and-down season? Yeah, I mean, free agency is always stressful, but um, I came here to win, and I think every guy in that locker room wants to do the same thing, and that's win. So uh, it's a big win tonight. Um, we're gearing up for game three. It's a pivotal game down in SoCal, so... Um, we're going to live in the moment and um, enjoy this for a brief second and then start preparing for game three because that's what's ahead of us. Um, Mike, uh, Eric made a couple of really key plays on the penalty kill. Can you describe what he means to this team on that special team? Yeah, I mean, he's a consummate pro. He puts in the work and practice. He's, you know, he's, he's a veteran player now that's you know, played on some teams that have done some good things and obviously means a lot to our, our kill tonight. Obviously, we got in some penalty trouble and he was there to make some great plays. He's obviously responsible on his own end and does a lot of good things for the whole 200 feet of the ice. So obviously, uh, you know, he's an important piece to the puzzle and, and uh, he'll continue to put in the work and get the job done. Uh, Derek, the special teams have been a story in the first two games. Obviously, your team's four for uh, seven on the power play and you've killed all eight uh, penalties. It's pr pretty much a carryover, though, from the last couple of months of the season is the penalty killing has just got so much better. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, there's been more penalties than I expected in the beginning of playoffs, but we all know special teams are huge come playoff time. You, you only get so many power plays, and um, we want our power play to be lethal, and if they're not scoring, they're creating momentum for us right now, which is, which is good, and the penalty kill has been doing the same, you know, creating momentum by killing it off, and, and um, I think that, like you said, in the last couple of months, we've kind of laid a good foundation in, in what we want our special teams looking like, and um, that rolled into playoffs. That is Derek Ryan along with goaltender Mike Smith as the Oilers even the best of seven one one six nothing triumph over the Los Angeles Kings tonight at Rogers Place. Okay, stretches of those. Okay, here's the deal. We got uh, Oilers now from noon to two coming up now later today. I will have inside sports from six to eight p.m. Craig McTavish uh, scheduled to join me, and then. The next game broadcast, game three of this series, is Friday night, face-off show at 6. Puck's going to drop at 8 as the Oilers and Kings go at it again. Get more on this series on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. Big thanks to Troy Bowler, 
our game day engineer here at Rogers Place and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, back at 6.30, Chet. Oilers Hockey is presented by Friesen Brothers. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. We've been live in Studio 99. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. 6-0. Oilers take it. Wait a while, my baby.